listening to Spitball with Adri Ballhawk Mellows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello and welcome to this week four episode of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Ballhawk Mallows. Joining me as always is my good friend, the one and only co-host, Mr. Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, sir? I am good. Good, good. I know it's a bit of a late one this week. With a capital good. I know it's a bit of a late one for us (laughs) this week, but uh, how you been diddling since our last show, my friend? Uh, Yeah, very busy now. It's uh, university is back in full swing, uh, so my sleeping patterns are completely out the window. But it's all good. I feel great. Thank God for Red Bull. <laughs> Your favourite oh, friend. There are other energy drink based products out there, by the way. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, this isn't the BBC. I don't think you need to worry too much about that. So, when we come back, <laughs> we will have our quick fire roundup of the week four action. The Super Bowl is defined by spectacular plays, and those that have the longest staying power are often the longest runs. From time to time, for some teams, lightning strikes twice. He's gone! He's gone! He's gone! He'll hand off to Smith. Timmy Smith from 58 yards! As time passes, those plays and players grow in stature. Throughout Super Bowl history, familiar faces have risen to the moment. Even if it means rising and running in the opposite direction. Another super stage on the verge of being set. Who will join them in a run for immortality? It's now time for our quick fire roundup of the week for action. And Marcus, I believe it is your turn to start this week, sir. My turn to go first, in which case I'm going to rock us off with NFC South matchup. We've got Carolina versus Tampa Bay. You know, as the rain started coming down, so did the mistakes by Tampa Bay. Winston's four interceptions left the Bucks feeling sunk. Ended up being a Carolina win, 37-23. Now we come on to the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game from Thursday night. It was a big game for the Pittsburgh defense. There was a forced fumble from Hayward, which led to a great toe-tapping recovery. I will put that in the show notes bell rush for over 100 yards but again missed field goals which you'll notice will be a bit of a theme this week haunted the Steelers and led to the Ravens overtime win 23-20 Baltimore and we're going to stay divisional matchup because we're going Philadelphia versus Washington and you know what Kirk Cousins manufactured a perfect game winning touchdown drive with only seconds left on the clock Eagles failed to score in the first half again second time this year don't know what's going on with them but they end up losing to Washington 20 points to 23. We come on now to the International Series Game 1 between the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins played here at Wembley Stadium. Always a great atmosphere at these International Series games. You have the festivities on around it. We had some interviews with Hall of Famers, Bob Greasy, uh, the Marx Brothers, Dan Marino, the usual Dolphins suspects as it was their home game. Fortunately, that's as good as the Dolphins got, put in an awful performance 
Jets hit some big plays early through Brandon Marshall. Chris Ivory had a big game with 166 yards and a touchdown. And I, for one, am glad that game is over. New York Jets win 27-14. Going now to California, we got Cleveland in San Diego. The Browns came a bit short in the last-ditch touchdown attempt, allowed San Diego time to go back up the field and snatch a game-winning field goal. They lose it now, 27-30. There were times in that game I thought they were both trying to lose it. Both Cleveland and San Diego this weekend didn't look very good at all. Move on now to Houston versus Atlanta. Falcons continued their great early season form with Devontae Freeman getting three rushing touchdowns. He had 68 yards rushing on the day, 81 yards receiving. Houston changed QBs in the game. They were that bad. Like my commentary, that game got ugly. And the Falcons are now 4-0 with the 48-21 victory over Houston. We're going to kick it back to some more divisional matchups. We've got St. Louis going to Arizona. Now, Todd Gurley, Tabor Austin, and the Rams defense turned up to hand Cardinals their first loss of the season. It was just some silly mistakes that led to a lot of fumbles for Cardinals that left them a little bit flustered. Rams win this one 24-22. So we move on now to Buffalo versus the New York Giants. No Shady McCoy this week for the Bills. Eli and the Giants came to play. Penalties essentially killed the Bills in this game, especially when Tyrod Taylor had a touchdown called back for a holding penalty. Giants just wanted it more this week. They came away with a win 24-10. Well, the Denver Deeps had to save the day as Minnesota came into town and an average day for Peyton Manning with two interceptions. Seven sacks on Bridgewater, however, meant the defense for Denver stayed undefeated. Boring over them as they went on to win 23-20. to Going to go on now to the Oakland versus Chicago game and I'm going to first start with a correction to the blog. In the blog this week, I mentioned that Jay Cutler was out injured, but he did in fact actually start this week for the Bears. It showed paid off Bears offense looked a lot more in sync despite some uh, big plays from the Raiders defense Cutler stayed strong and led the game winning drive with less than two minutes on the clock found his favorite target Martellius Bennett on several occasions Chicago came away with the win 22-20 now on to Green Bay versus San Francisco and Kaepernick still looks a shadow of him former self which allowed Green Bay to coast to an easy win nice comfortable day for Aaron Rodgers and they managed to push that offense and defense coming through forward. Green Bay win this one, 17 points to three. Kansas versus Cincinnati. This game was just pure domination by the Bengals. Dalton looking very good at QB. The good Andy Dalton is certainly turning up at the moment. Both Cincinnati running backs, Hill and Bernard, had big days. Hill had three touchdowns. Bengals defense also looking good with five sacks and a fumble recovery. They went on to win 36-21. Now late Sunday night and we had Dallas versus New Orleans. Now the upset of the day is Drew Brees come back from injury with over 300 yards as an overtime win revives the Saints struggling season they go on to win this one 26 20 good to have drew Brees back i think great to have that quarterback because that team needs it right mm, they needed some kind of spark we come on now to the jags versus colts game big story here was andrew luck not starting for the colts due to a shoulder injury not much to talk about except that more missed field goals this time from the jags kicker jason myers his ot miss led to the eventual winner from the colts because we all know how prolific adam vinicieri is at kicking field goals colts won 16 13 in overtime 
And we finish up with a bit of Monday Night Football now. We've got Detroit versus Seattle. Defensive masterclass and defensive controversy mixed as the Monday Night action showed Detroit are better than their 0-4 record. However, a good defense wasn't enough as Seattle went on to win this 13 points to 10. And with that, when we come back, we will be bringing you our weekly thoughts and musings from the Week 4 action. Newton had some time. Now he's flushed out. Starts to run. He has knocked down. Here comes the rush. Heads left. They got him again. They sack him. And Super Mario. Mario Williams with his second sack of the That's game. That's what I'm talking about. Close the distance on them, then bang a move. Don't waste your time and get... That's how you're getting the pressure. Good job. He dropped by Cam Newton from a well-formed pocket. Anchors it end zone, and it's caught. Touchdown, Ted Ginn Jr. You having fun? Love it. That's what it's all about. Love it. We come on now to our weekly musings and thoughts from the week four action. And Marcus, want to start with uh, asking you this question. Coach Philbin has been fired from the Dolphins. Was it time for that? I think it's more common for sort of like English football to be like, right, we're going to can the manager mid-season. But in American football, it's very rare, very rare. Would it be the right decision? I think, I don't know, Raiders did it like, was it last year or the year before where they sort of mid-season changed someone in? I mean, they managed to actually get a win finally and sort of kind of save the season, but that was all for pride really than actual anything. I don't know. I honestly think that sometimes you've got to sit there, you've got to try and rough rough the storm, and I think they've sort of laid their cards down maybe a little bit too early. And with the magic of our wonderful producer, I'm going to play in a little quote now from Coach Courtney, and then I'll see if you think it applies to Joe Philbin. I think, I think coaches win players, and I think managers win their employees. So I think, I think players win games and coaches win players, and I've never seen a coach score a touchdown, and I've never, I've never seen a coach make a tackle. Um, and therefore, if you think as a coach that you can scheme yourself to success, and scheme your kids to success. You're so wrong. With that said, Marcus, do you think that would apply to Coach Philbin? Because for me, I don't think it does. And they may have been better off getting rid of him in the off season, so they had more chance of uh, getting a better replacement. Yeah, I mean, yeah, didn't fin- finish last season great, and you're sort of sitting there going, the guys that are coming back, maybe they've already lost faith in the locker room. The guys coming in, they're going to be feeding off the energy of the guys that have already been there. And let's face it, if the locker room atmosphere sucks, you know, how are you supposed to suddenly just like pump enthusiasm into someone who's who's not feeling like your your scheme or, or whatever? You know, I, I think that's the hardest thing to get a guy to sit there and go, believe in me, trust me, uh, we can win games. Just it doesn't happen like in Hollywood where the guy turns around and goes, OK, coach. And you know what? They turn the game around and they win. It doesn't happen like that. You know, God forbid if it were a fairy tale, it would all be lovely. But you're right. I think really in real life, you've got to make the choice. You know, sometimes it's not the nice choice. You've got to make the difficult choice. Cut the guy, start again and go, right, let's build from the ground up again. And here's a name I want to throw out there again because I want to get your opinions on it. But how about Mike Smith, the former Atlanta Falcons head coach? How about him for the Dolphins head coaching job? I mean, potentially. I mean, look, they've invested a lot into Tannehill, and you know what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to get a lot out of him because they're going to want bang for their buck. Eventually, someone's got to come in, and they've got to like guide him. A long process that he can then develop into the person 
that he's kind of got to be. True, but you look at Mike Smith and you look at in his sort of first four or five years in charge of the Falcons, he had Matt Ryan or they drafted Matt Ryan and we've seen the progression that Matt Ryan's had under um, Mike Smith and obviously all the other coaching staff around him. And Matt Ryan is one of the best quarterbacks at bringing a team back in the last two minutes. Admittedly, you shouldn't have to do that all the time and a lot of that falls around the other Falcons talent not not turning up at times. But when you see the progress he made with a quarterback like that, do you think that maybe with someone like Tannehill, who is a good raw talent, that he could mould him in the same sort of way? Yes, yes, that's what I mean. He could, he could. I think really what he's going to have to do is that franchise has sat there and they put all their chips in on Tannehill so you're going to have to find someone who can get the most out of him doesn't matter who you're going to bring in they've got to be quarterback centric they've got to know how to get the most out of a quarterback and who's going to be able to deliver results unfortunately it seems to be in a short space of time because Dolphin fans they're kind of tired of waiting and I'll tell you who else is tired of waiting that would be the Texans fans they're having a really rough season this year and I want to ask you Marcus What's happening to Texans this year? This is a strange one because, you know, we saw, or if anyone did actually see Hard Knocks, it looked like we were expecting some pretty good things out of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everything about it. I mean, I like the way that the locker room came off under Coach O'Brien. I like the way Coach O'Brien handles himself. And I've got a lot of respect after this week. He said, you know what? I just didn't do a good enough job as a head coach. It's on me. So I've got a lot of respect for the way he carries himself and the team like that. Yes. I mean, it's strange. I'm not sure what exactly it is. It just seems to, uh, I don't like coming back to the same thing again. I don't know if... It's been probably a lot's been said, and I'm pretty sure if I opened up any Houston-based newspaper on the sports section, they'd probably both say that neither Ryan Mallett nor Brian Hoyer are proper what I'd call A-grade starting quarterbacks. They're not an Aaron Rodger. They're not a Peyton Manning. They're not a, an Eli Manning. They're not a big name. They're not a good Andy Dalton. <laughs> they're, they're not someone who's going to basically come in. This is my team. I can pass for 300 yards. If we're behind in the game, we can catch up because, yeah, we will air attack. Because the, the team isn't built around that sort of dynamic. It's built around game management, staying in the game, winning it later in the process. You know, they've got good running get, uh, running depth and they've got a good sort of tight end, uh, but a young receiver core as well. So for me, it's the idea is they want to stick into games and fight out in the end and then going behind too often. I mean, especially to the Falcons. I mean, basically, I'm pretty sure the Falcons, that sort of fourth quarter, had all the second stringers in. You know, they're literally using it as a scrimmage. In effect, you know, 40, 42 points up. It was just like, uh, right, this is embarrassing, surely. I, I would not have liked to be in that locker room. Likewise, but you know, just going back to what you're saying about the quarterbacks, I appreciate they're not necessarily A grade quarterbacks, but there's probably only about a dozen A grade quarterbacks in the league, so you have to start somewhere. Yeah, you do, and you know what? Sometimes you got to sit there and go, some guy's got to step up. You look at it, you get named the starter, you get named the starter, okay? It is one of the most, I don't know, it must be alienating and criticized jobs ever. Probably, yeah, definitely not on my wish list, you know. You might sit there and go, oh, well, you know. When you're younger, I want to be a football player, but the, the responsibility and everything, what people look up to you for, it's it's difficult. And I can understand that you have one or two bad games, you got that seat is on fire, you know. It's not just on a hot seat, it's, it's literally in flames. So. Fair enough. Well, we'll leave the Texans issues there for now, but what are some of your thoughts from this week, mate? Well, my biggest thought, as we were saying earlier, is what was going on with kickers. I mean... It, you know what it really felt to me? It almost felt like the scene from Space Jam. You know when all the basketball players get 
that have their ability taken by the little aliens. Yes. It felt like some of the kickers just coming out to, to do that kick, just have a quick shake. Whoa, whoa, what was that? Oh, you know, they try and kick it going wide right. Or to be fair, I did see one or two of them did go off the upright. And that's kind of like, that's a bit cruel. But, you know, the ones that were really like wide right and stuff, you're like, did a little alien steal your skill? Because you can't kick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was having a look at some of the percentages and I've, I've put them into this week's blog as well, which you can find on the website if you go to uh, www.bullhawksnest.com forward slash uh, the hyphen low hyphen down or just click on the low down link on the Bullhawks Nest webpage. You'll see this week's blog and I did put a little section in there about the kicking stats from this year. It's about 84% of field goals made in four weeks and 94% of extra points made. A lot of people are saying it's because of the extra points, I guess putting extra pressure on them, but that's still only about 25 yard field goal. They should be kicking those for fun 100% of the time, so I don't think they can use that as an excuse. Something's going on, something's in the water um, and the kickers really need to sort it out, otherwise they'll find themselves getting uh, fired as well like happened to the the young buccaneers kicker brinza this week so i definitely need to sort that one out um just want to finish off actually marcus we're obviously going a bit over on time but 12 of 16 afc teams and 12 of 16 nfc teams have a record of 500 or less so what in the blue hell is happening in the nfl at the moment you know this is kind of what the draft system and the dynamic of the nfl is built to do it's built to make sure one team does not sit on top of its castle and just dominate the league like a, a Man City or United or Arsenal blah, blah 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 okay the idea is it's to create a fresh new challenge each year and you know what each year we always see someone sort of step up to the mark who's a bit like whoa like this year I'm loving the Atlanta as the, the big whoa where did this come from and of course there are going to be some teams that are always going to be strong i.e. your Patriots they're always going to be strong but love it I absolutely love it it just keeps everything so fresh. And to finish off, Bengals are one of those 4-0 teams. Are they going to the Super Bowl? Oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I thought let's you might get... like that one. So let's that... not go crazy. <laughs> so that's a no then, is it? I think in the moment you've got to look at that. That division, to be fair, if, uh, if no one actually starts paying attention, though, it could be going a little bit crazy because you've got to think Bengals at the moment, 4-0. What you got? Competition-wise, they got what Steelers at two and two. You got uh, one and three Browns and Ravens. You know, it's like does someone want to actually start competing, or else the Bengals will run away with this division? Yeah, for sure. Well, we will leave that there, and when we come back, we will have our impact players and also our. Who are you? I don't even know your name. What's your name? Turn around, let me see your name. Turn around, let me see your name. Turn, turn around. I don't know you, bro. You're having one of those days. Hey, baby, you're having one of those days. I say that to say this. If you wouldn't have did what you would have did, then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got. That just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus, put your shoe on. Put it on. Jeez. I can't fix with these gloves. <laughs> I think I chip my tooth. Wish I had some gold so you can bite me some teeth. It's now time for our impact player and our this week it falls back to my good self to go first. So I'm going to start off with my impact player this week. And this guy was an impact 
for all the wrong reasons. That's right. It's a bit of a role reversal. I've actually gone this week with Jameis Winston of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Reason I've made him my impact player is because for me, he cost the Buccaneers a win against the Carolina Panthers with his four interceptions, including a pick six. Uh, he only completed 26 out of 43 passes. If they had a different quarterback, hell, maybe if they had Brian Hoyer in there, maybe they wouldn't have lost to the Panthers. Either way, that is why he is my impact player of week four marcus fair, no, that's fair play that plus the rain i think i uh, give it some of that florida rain's got uh, i have some responsibility but my impact player had no trouble with the rain because my impact player this week is defonte freeman running back for the atlanta Falcons. yeah in the georgia dome he had no problem running for 68 yards and three touchdowns along with 81 yards in the passing game and for me that's where he becomes the impact player because it's the dual threat it's that you know what darren sproles was uh richie bush was for, for the saints for so many years it's it's how that that sort of that running back's developing. You might have that big back who runs a lot, but the guy who can run and catch and then make yards after contact, all in one package. And they did a brilliant piece on him, actually, in the NFL.com highlights. And that was where they were saying that he's a great running back because he bursts through the, the hole at the line of scrimmage at full speed. So because he changes pace and gets that full burst, that's how he also makes a lot of defenders miss. So, yeah, I totally agree with him being your um, impact player. As he did have a great week this week. We move on now to our... And again, it's my turn to go first. So with that said, I am going to go with the Atlanta Falcons over the Washington Redskins. But it's going to be a lot closer than maybe people think. I'm going with a 55 to 45 in favour of the Falcons and they will win it by three points or less. My bold statement because I completely messed up with my Dolphins prediction last week. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. No, I like I like the idea of that. You know, I think Falcons are going to be put to the test. That's a good defence. Red, Redskins, people don't realise just how good a defence that is. Precisely, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine, I am going to... I'm going to stay in Florida and have a bit of a, a slug match here because I'm going to go for Jacksonville in Tampa. And you know what? Jag fans, start feeling good about yourself because I think your defense especially, again, is going to push you to a win. Now, again, I think this is going to be a one-score game. So we're talking three to seven points uh, for the Jaguars, but you guys can take this with maybe, what would we call that, a 55 point? It's between 55 and 60%, I'd say, if you're saying up to seven points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be one score. And you know what? It might just be a defensive score. Maybe another pick six courtesy of your impact player. Well, that is entirely possible if he brings last week's form. So we just have to wait and see what happens with him. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spanheadproductions.weebly.com. 
Well, that wraps it up from us for another week. It just remains for me to say a big thank you to my amazing co-host, Mr. Marcus Innuendo Bingo Hanson. <laughs> and it's just for me to say a massive thanks, actually, to the main man himself, Andrew Ball Mellows. Well, thank you very much, sir. It's always a pleasure working with you, my friend. Also want to say a big thank you to our producer, Mark Taylor, from Spamhead Productions. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us... Hey, guys, if you want to get a hold of Andrew or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. We are also downloadable on iTunes and our more recent shows are rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network. And until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 